and welcome back to the HR Grapevine podcast, the podcast series that takes an in-depth look at one of the most fascinating, important or divisive HR topics that is making the headlines. I'm Sophie Parrott, online editor at HR Grapevine, and each week I'll be joined by a different HR journalist as we explore the contemporary practice and most pressing debates in HR within a short podcast. So join me as we properly pick apart what it means to work in the people function. Today, I am joined by Jade Burke, editor of My Grapevine. So welcome back to the podcast, Jade. It's a pleasure to have you here again. Hi, Sophia. Thank you for having me again for another week. So one topic that has really been dominating headlines this week is the news of a second lockdown in England, which was announced by Prime Minister Boris Johnson last weekend in a public address. More recently, MPs voted on the government's month-long lockdown in England and approved the restrictions according to ITV News. And within these national restrictions, it was said that people should not leave their home unless for specific reasons, such as medical needs to exercise or to see a support bubble. In addition to this, many businesses such as non-essential retail, leisure facilities, entertainment venues and personal care will also be closing and will likely cause challenges for HR professionals who happen to be working in these fields. Retailers providing essential goods and services, including food shops at supermarkets, among other things, are able to remain open and they should follow COVID secure guidelines. The government has said to keep everyone safe. These measures came into force just after midnight on Thursday, November 5th, and are set to last until December 2nd. And at the end of this period, the government website has said that they will look to go back to a regional approach based on the latest data. With the announcement of these new national restrictions, the Prime Minister also announced the financial support that is available for employers. Um, Jay, do you want to just run us through what that actually entails? Yeah, of course. Um, And like you said there, so he has announced different sort of measures and I'm sure employers throughout England will be feeling somewhat concerned about the future of their businesses and of course whether they'll be able to keep staff on as we head into this second lockdown. This has been replicated in stats shared by Simply Business who revealed almost one-fifth of SMEs do not think that they're going to survive another lockdown, essentially, and will be forced to stop trading permanently if one came into effect. And of course, one has now come into effect. Despite this, the UK Prime Minister has outlined this support for organisations and their workers. So last Saturday at Downing Street, Boris Johnson shared that the government would extend its furlough scheme, which of course was due to close at the end of October. This will now last until December when the planned lockdown is expected to finish. This will see the government pay 80% towards staff wages, up to £2,500. And in addition, the job support scheme that was outlined last month, which was due to come into effect after furlough, has actually now been postponed. Then according to ITV News, who reported on the changes recently, the Treasury also announced that grants worth up to £3,000 per month will be offered to those businesses forced to close, including bars and restaurants, for example. In addition to that, £1.1 will be handed to local authorities for one-off payments to help them support businesses. However, no changes have actually been outlined for the self-employed income support scheme. However, self-employed workers will get two more grants from that scheme as part of the winter economy plan. So it looks like with these new measures in place, it will help to protect employers and jobs during this second lockdown. As Jade has just laid out, in response to these new restrictions, 
the government has laid out several um, different economic support measures for employers and employees. Before the podcast, though, I was actually able to get some insights from the CIPD's head of public policy, Ben Wilmot, about the new lockdown restrictions, essentially to find out what HR needs to be aware of. He laid out several things that will likely impact the HR function. So first of all, he said that while the extension of the furlough scheme is welcome, it will likely create challenges for HR, given that a lot of employers have already made redundancy related decisions and have been making workforce planning related decisions on the assumption that the scheme would finish at the end of October. In addition to this, Ben said that organisations in sectors most affected by new lockdown restrictions, for example, hospitality, leisure and non-essential retail, will once again have to look at the best ways of reducing workforce costs. And of course, this could include putting some people back onto furlough where necessary. Going forwards, Ben explained to me that a focus on clear and ongoing communications is crucial so that staff know why changes are happening. And there should also be a huge consideration towards employee well-being, as this announcement is likely to have caused anxiety among staff for a variety of reasons, whether this is over job security, health and well-being of themselves and loved ones as well. In addition to this, Vicky Field, who is an independent HR practitioner, previously told us that with another lockdown looming, there are several areas for HR to focus on because there will be, and I quote, people consequences as a result of another lockdown. And she said to me, mental health is likely to suffer as people once again experience isolation and loneliness, all the pressures of working from home without normal human interactions. She encouraged employers to make use of the government schemes to minimise the financial impact on employers, as well as taking into account the appropriate health and wellbeing initiatives that are needed to ensure that staff feel supported during this time. And she continued by saying, most companies are now used to home working and COVID-19 health and safety measures. But as we approach darker days, literally and figuratively, let's think about the small things we can do to bring some cheer to our employees. In fact, some recent research I found from HealthSpan found that six in 10 Brits are now dreading winter due to COVID-19 restrictions, with many saying that they are concerned that it will have a harsher impact on their mental and physical health than ever before. So mirroring Vicky's words there, it's definitely something that should be high up on the HR agenda. And I think this leads us on to what the HR function might be struggling with and how they can actually solve this. Yes, definitely, Soph. And I think now that this second lockdown actually is in place, it's looking likely that this could, I guess, occur more often in the future, potentially as the virus peaks once again throughout the next year, for example. And due to this, it's crucial, I think, that HR teams recognise some of the ways in which they may be struggling with different things, for example, and how they can improve matters. So this time around, staff morale may take an even further nosedive, meaning communication between employees and their line managers will be even more critical. To manage this, Natalie McLean, HR Director at Partners and, explained to me that the key is this, and I quote, line manager and regular communications showing that the organisation is thinking about them and working with them could make a big difference. She also pointed out that additional support in the form of EAPs, digital GP, fitness and wellbeing services can make all the difference to employee wellbeing while working from home during the second lockdown. And speaking on the idea of wellbeing services, she explained to me, Staff can regularly interact with the app slash software to summarise how they are feeling with work and life as a whole. 
The software will provide solutions as to how staff can manage well-being or mental health challenges. The idea of returning back to the workplace is looking more and more unlikely as time goes on. And as such, McLean shared that employees need the right kit to work from home to ensure productivity levels maintain themselves and that staff can actually perform and do their job. And this is something she believes that HR leaders should greatly consider, especially as employees juggle their home life with work. And she told me, this is a time when HR management can be flexible and understanding of their people to encourage them to find a working structure that works for them. It may be outside of the norm, but you might reap the rewards. Yeah, absolutely agree with what Natalie said just then. Of course, while the challenges faced in the second lockdown period may be different for each person in business, overcoming some of these challenges is definitely something that the HR function has had to come to grips with during the first lockdown period, as it strived to keep staff healthy and well, engaged, productive, and all of the things within HR's remit through the implementation of new initiatives. So just a couple of examples of some of the initiatives that employers introduced to support staff through the first lockdown. So at Pure Planet, in terms of engagement, they had lots of little initiatives such as virtual pub quizzes, magic shows, DJ sets and lunch and learn sessions to keep staff engaged. Elsewhere, the cereal brand Kellogg's sent staff a branded face mask in the post to make them smile and essentially to remind them that wherever they may be working, they are still part of a big Kellogg's family. So I think that's a really good example of promoting remote culture. And to promote remote well-being, the publishing firm Bauer Media previously told us that they dialed up an existing wellbeing program called Thrive and this included bi-weekly fitness sessions, guided meditation sessions and one-to-one consultations among other things. And in addition to this, in a previous interview, Dawn Moore, who is the group people director at Murphy Group, said that many companies had to react quickly to the first lockdown period and subsequent restrictions and have learned many things about what did and didn't work during that period. So I suppose with the fact that we are going into a second lockdown, HR functions can definitely draw on the experiences that they had in in the first lockdown period to decipher what did and didn't work with a view of helping them to guide the business through this this second testing period and for supporting staff as well. But unfortunately, that's all we've got time for today. HR Grapevine wouldn't exist without your continued readership and engagement with our content. Whether that's our daily newsletters, monthly magazines, webinars, live events or market leading research papers. So to find out more or to sign up to our daily content newsletter which showcases solutions and best practice answers to all of your HR issues, please visit hrgrapevine.com. Thank you.